Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker. Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happy Monday, Sammy. How you doing? Thank you. I am thankfully doing well. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm always happy when there's, it feels like a busy, it's a busy Monday. It is. And it feels like maybe the last or second to last Monday of like real effort for the year. True. You know, I probably shouldn't say that because that's really (laughs) not that motivating for morale purposes. But like, let's be real. I know you're not going to I didn't miss a beat. I was like, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Like, yeah. come on. Like, we're thinking about our families. We're thinking about the holidays. We're thinking about vacations, maybe. We're thinking yes. about... We're, well, what I, we're trying to do is bank a lot of content so that we can actually take some time off. Right. Like, we could have a light two weeks. I just actually booked a trip to Napa. So I learning that I was off the morning announcements... I was yes. like, I, just for the for the listeners, there will be no morning announcements the week between Christmas and New Year's. And I will be on a real vacation where I'm Thank not the God. whole day telling everyone I'm with, sorry, I have to go back and do the morning announcements. <laughs> like, I'm so annoying. Like, every, like, I'll be talking you about it. You do it, it to like, yourself. We're always, I'm always like, who's doing it when Sammy's gone? They're like, oh, shit, we'll ask. Sammy's doing it. I'm like, she's insane. But if she but here's wants the thing, to do like, it. If I didn't do it when I was gone, I would feel guilty about being gone more. And like, true, I prefer true, true. to be gone and doing it than and have not the flexibility, gone, you yeah. know? So I feel like I need to just like, except in like real times of vacation, need to stay loyal to it. But yeah, I am, when I am away from like 1 p.m. wherever I am to like 7 p.m., I'm like thinking about it, citing it as a barrier to us doing stuff. Yeah. Like I'm always like, just so you know, I have to be back. <laughs> You're like the designated podcaster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Did so, you? So you booked a trip to Napa. Weren't you going to go to Paris? Are you deciding not to do that anymore? Yeah, Paris is out because the COVID of it all. Yeah. Who knows if you're going to get stuck? What if they change their requirements? What if right. Paris? What if France changes some shit? Like, yeah, I can't be worrying about that. If you didn't so. know, as of last night, as of last night, anybody coming into the U.S. from a different country, including citizens and permanent residents, including vaccinated people, you have to test negative. A calendar day before. So like the best case thing you can do is if you're traveling on a Friday to test like Thursday morning. But I was trying to figure out, Sammy, what you do if you test positive and I couldn't figure out like if you have to quarantine. You are stuck. Every country has a different like specific way that they keep you there. But like I would say (laughs) it ranges from like Greece where they put you in a fucking COVID hostel you know, Ooh, okay, to, we should rank them to let's say like I think in Mexico you can just like go wherever you want, you know. But the yeah. stay is on you, like you're paying for ten. So days it's not of, just until you more. test negative; it's you have to quarantine. It's until 
I mean, it's until or you both. test negative. Got it. But that's going to take probably seven True. to ten days, depending. So it's just. And like even the the factor of having to do it twenty four hours before you leave creates an incredible amount of like oh stress my towards the end of the vacation, and so that's why we decided to go with in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, such a bummer for people who like it's going to cost them a lot of money to change their plans or like well, cause I, I heard this morning a lot of people are just like always. that's good, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like I did read that if you have like travel insurance this will help and like they'll waive the change fee but like if you're stuck there it's obviously like costs a lot more money to book a flight in you know 10 days in the future than you did than it costs when you booked it months in the future that and also don't underestimate the amount of labor that is involved with like getting your money back even if you have like a hundred percent claim to it you Mm -hmm. still yesterday was like my administration day when i like go through all my like expenses and like you know do that kind of shit. Like, I'm still in the middle of changing my name with all the airlines, which is so fucking annoying. Like, that's more labor on the woman, let me just say. Like, (laughs) you don't just have to deal with the official name changing. You then have to change it on every account. So it has to match your bank. It has So all my airline tickets are like under a different name. So now every time I book an airline, uh, book a ticket, I have to call them and be like, actually, it's on my, this is my name. So that was like what I was up to. It's a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. And even if you have, like, a legitimate claim, you still have to argue to get your money back. Like, at worst, they'll be like, okay, here it is. But you still waited on the phone or you tried to chat them and you, like, dreaded it on your to-do list for a while. Yeah, exactly. Like, versus nothing. Exactly. I mean, it's a perfect perfect, um, segue into today's topic, which started, we're going to start with women's unpaid labor, like, literally unpaid labor. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we talked about last week. I know the future of Roe is very present for us all. We, even though we might not get a decision until early summer, um, June or July, the case Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization involves obviously a Mississippi law that bans abortion after 15 weeks, which is unconstitutional under current law. States can't impose any restriction before 24 weeks. So Amani Gandhi came on with us last week to sort of break everything down from a legal point of view, why everybody is so down and out over what they heard. Although she's amazing, and please listen to that, but I I don't know if you need to be an expert to hear some of the shit that they said, like Amy Coney Barrett saying, just deliver an infant and drop it off. What's what's the problem? But <laughs> to be adoptive. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to chat with you about this today specifically so we can process it more. And you were kind of experiencing this moment from like a very unique point of view, reproduction-wise. Yeah. <laughs> so I just finished the process of freezing embryos. And by finished, it's still not finished because I have three weeks to find out the quote-unquote results. Oh, God. Um, shockingly, the recovery is actually a little bit, in my case at least, has been more painful and uncomfortable oh and like limiting than the days before, the, the days of the shots. So like Thanks. I can't, I had like a, a quote unquote good situation so far. Like my doctor told my told me I'm the textbook average case and I said, thank you. I appreciate being <laughs> average in this situation. Like yes. this is the time you want to be average. Totally. So... <laughs> Things were like smooth, like they're, you know, and I had amazing care, like it was close-ish to my apartment. But the amount of work, time, energy, you effectively cannot work out or have sex for a month, like because you can't do it during the shots and you can't, you also have to wait like about a week and a half to two weeks to get your period after, which is because the retrieval itself is is like 
simulating ovulation. Mm -hmm. So you then have to wait to get your period and you can't work out or have sex until you get your period. Like you can walk, but you can't do like impact activity. Right. Like any real workout you can't really do. I didn't know that. So it's plus you can't really travel anywhere because you need to be able to access the doctor. You basically, I went to the doctor's office almost every single day while I was giving myself the shots, including weekends. Mm -hmm. So like you are tied to your location. You might experience like really bad symptoms. Like the day before the retrieval, I was asleep for five hours in the afternoon. I could not oh my stay God. awake. Like, and this is a process that everybody, you're, everybody who ultimately does IVF goes through. Oh, for sure. Is this, yeah, right? Every yeah. single person and many, oftentimes multiple times. Like, and then if you were doing the transplant, which I'm not going to do immediately, like I'm going to, we're trying to save these embryos for later. Hopefully things will go well just between the two of us and right. you won't need to use them till later. Um, but if you do the transplant, then you're giving yourself shots and medications for basically like the next three months to make oh sure my that the baby like stays, that your body doesn't reject the fetus because it was implanted. So you are – like it is months of your life and it's incredibly expensive. Insurance didn't cover it for me because it wasn't a quote-unquote need, which thank God I'm okay to mm -hmm. be covering it. But the emotional and mental labor and physical labor – that is on the woman and is Avi's job in this was to go the day of the retrieval and jerk off in a cup. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. That is all he did. Here's the date and time. <laughs> yeah. And he had to wait so that I could go home after the anesthesia. Yeah. Which, by the way, was wonderful. You understand why Michael Jackson wanted this to sleep. Oh, my like, God. It was great. It was the best part. Um, yeah. Um, Good. I'm glad. So, Yeah. And now, my, now the recovery is actually like a little worse and it's really yeah. painful to stand and my stomach feels like there's a balloon in it. And I have like a good situation and I mm -hmm. can't even imagine like how much harder it would be if this were like a last resort, which it is for right. like many, most people probably who do it at this point. Just they're also carrying the stress and like the pressure of, oh my God, what if... Yeah. yeah. It's also wild to think if you don't want this, mm -hmm. that you would have to. To deal with these physical. Because a lot of them mimic pregnancy. Yeah. Having right. an ultrasound wand stuck up your vag, like every, whatever. It is, and I'm saying this from the point of view of like the best possible situation. Exactly. It is still incredibly, it's a lot. It's just a fucking lot. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's, it's interesting that, um, this sort of moment in the abortion sort of discussion debate has coincided with what something you and I talk about a lot, which is like how petrified we are to have kids because we've sort of been exposed to millennials having kids for a couple of years and how 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 hard pregnancy and labor and birth is. And so I feel like a lot of people have been radicalized by becoming mothers in the past, you know, five years. I I mean, I also feel radicalized by not only like the actual experience of you becoming a mother and how hard that is on its own, but the ways in which society makes it so much harder to, yeah. to exist. I even was like, there was recently an article, I think it was Anne Helen Peterson who wrote about like being single and how the, so you can yeah, either like- I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's just, let's say you're a single mother, like the costs of all of it fall on you. Like- it, and, right. you are, and this is a double income country. Like, you know, mm -hmm. 
So it's the amount, the lack of support, the fact that you, the fact, min, it should be minimum three months to go back to work. Like, oh my God. Leave. Like minimum. Because physically, the first three months of newborn is like a fourth trimester. Like they should act like that is the case. There's, there's just no support. There's no anything. I don't even like. I know. Even I like animals give each other more support. It's. <laughs> animals don't have lobbyists and bank accounts. That's why. <laughs> True. Exactly. I mean, we also have um, some like we're going to try to do like a big paid leave campaign this month. I think it's going to come up again. I mean, currently there are four weeks in Build Back Better. That's insane. We need more. But we certainly need at least that. At least that. Like this is such a huge opportunity. So we'll be definitely uh, be focusing on that. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Next, for the rest of the show, so we've been doing a segment on our Instagram stories recently that we're going to formally bring over to the podcast. It's called Republic Can You Not? Yeah. And it's where we spotlight an absurd or petrifying, but usually both, headline about a member of the Republican Party. I feel like a decade ago, this these absurd stories used to be like Florida man or like president of like Lodo County Republicans in Florida. But now it's just straight up members of the United States Congress week to week. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I also thought it was an interesting contrast as Bob Dole passed away this right. past weekend, and like every single fucking thing is like giant of the Senate, and I'm like, okay, yeah. like calm down. But I just also, saw that too. Yeah, I just went to look at C-SPAN <laughs> on something, and all they were tweeting was everybody's reaction, Donald right. Trump's reaction, everybody's reaction to Bob Dole dying. But it does show like a contrast because yes. no one would ever fucking call like. <laughs> Like, what is it, Lauren Boebert? Like, a giant of anything. Like, she's not going to be on any house committees. That's true. Right. Like, it's so it's like, okay, you now have these a fucking clown car. Yeah. Representing half the. I don't know. I know. Like, like, Republican used to be a different thing. Totally different. Yeah. Right. And it's just not that thing anymore. They did this to themselves. So these sort of clowns are always like at a simmer of psychopathy, but lately it's been boiling over. So the most recent example was from over the weekend when Kentucky Representative Thomas Massey shared a holiday photo of his family posed with rifles around a Christmas tree. The photo is captioned on Twitter, Dear Santa, bring more ammo. The day this photo was posted, like, I don't know if you saw, there was also this viral video of the of the Oxford uh, Township community. A bunch of them gathered, like, at the hospital to support the family as, like, one of the one of the victims who died, like, was still functionally alive because they were removing, he was an organ donor. And just the contrast of, of that and then what this elected official was posting, we also know that the killer's family in this case explicitly encouraged the glorification of guns. With their, with their child, purchased a gun for him. They didn't discipline him when he was searching for ammunition online at school. They joked with him that he shouldn't get caught. And Massey hasn't apologized. He's doubled down. He's been retweeting messages from supporters, like trolling people that are criticizing him. I honestly like wonder, like, how soon until Madison Cawthorn starts lionizing the crumbly parents? Like, are they... Like, is that a line or no? I don't Let even know. Let me check the news, honestly. Yeah, like, any minute I, now. I mean... Okay, Madison Cawthorn also referred to women as earthen vessels sanctified by God (laughs) God. to carry babies. Okay, so that's where we are. Um, Anyway, yeah, um, duh, the crumblies are fucking trash of the earth. Trash. Like, they are literally trash of the earth. I don't know if you Googled a letter that his mom wrote to Trump after she, like, donated to the barter wall. No. But she also wrote, like, she wrote, like, I'd rather be... Shit. Um, fuck. Something is, like, a signed it like a woman who would rather be grabbed by the pussy than, like, fucked in something. Like that. Oh, like, no. Are fucking us and I'd rather be grabbed by the pussy is her message. Oh, um, God. Okay, I'm telling you, these people are truly scum of the earth. Like, this the, is this the average Republican? I don't, I don't think so, but these are the people that they are. This is a large amount of them, and this is, like, the type of people that storm the Capitol and the type of people they're not rejecting. And they, I would like, say the only reason courting. these two didn't scorm, storm the Capitol is because they seem a little too lazy. They, but. <laughs> yeah, if they lived on the East Coast, they absolutely would have been there. And I am so glad that this prosecutor is charging them. Like, I am so yes, glad yeah. because, you know, there are, yeah, there's so much scum like this. There are so many parents like this and they need to be scared. They need to think like, oh, shit, I actually have to take action or I could. I mean, they ran away. They were scared. They're still scared. They're on suicide watch. Right. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. I mean, I was um, th- there was a thread over the weekend, I don't know who to credit for it, but it was essentially about how like maintaining 
you know, freedom of gun, like the ability to access guns and impose fear with it is like a tool of white supremacy. So it's like if you are a person, so for them, it's like this isn't a bad calculation. This is a good calculation because they're causing intimidate. Like I'm talking about Thomas Massey. Like it's a good calculation because it's asserting fear and power and dominance, which is what this is all about. Like that is now what this cohort of America is about. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I mean, you see that in their sort of symbolic actions and they just get more and more problematic. But Right, yeah, Massey's yeah. not going to apologize for this because it was an explicit political calculation, probably. Yeah, I mean, this is, these people are, people are obsessed with their guns. Like, they, they collect guns like pets. Mm-hmm. And they will more. vote for people who will let them keep them. Because the reaction they to... They want to build, like, they actually want to build up, like, They'd be down to build a militia. Like, let's yeah, not that's pretend, their whole guiding. You know? that's, that's what their the insurrection was. There was also a march on Washington this weekend. I think it was it was a um, it was a white nationalist group. I'm forgetting the actual name of it, but they were there this weekend, like marching with the flags. And like, these are the people who want to be the dominant totally rulers of America. Like, I, you know, yeah. It's wild for us to wrap our heads around, but that's what they're banking on. That we're yeah. like, oh no, they wouldn't. No, who would no. do that? That's and that's exactly who Massey is like signaling to, which people said was like unusual because I think this guy like stood stood up to Trump a few times. I mean, I guess this is supposed to mean something still. Like he has these people like, well, he went to MIT. Shouldn't he know better? He's representing Kentucky, which is like a, his district is like plus eighteen Republican. Like he's never gonna lose. To a Democrat. So this is what he's doing this for is like to ward off a even a primary challenger who would do this. He's probably like, if I don't pose with guns around my Christmas tree, somebody else from Kentucky who wants my job is going to is going to pose with guns around my Christmas tree or their Christmas tree. Right. And like, why wouldn't you at this point? That's where the that's where the like that's the ante at this point. I don't you have a graduate degree from MIT, go get a different job. It's literally just a job. <laughs> just get a different job. It's not just a job though. It's power. Yeah. Like these people are power hungry. Why else cuz what else does government offer you at this point? It's not like so well paid. You know, right. it's you got to be powerful and well known because of social media like it's not the same as being like a random representative back in the day. It's like you can now use your platform to do stunts like this. And now you're like a hero, you know? Ugh, I hate I those clowns. Okay, so this brings us uh, to another interesting primary challenge that's actually happening that we're going to see against high-profile Republican, and that is former Republican Senator David Perdue, who's going to primary sitting Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. Purdue is a Trump ally, and apparently Trump is, like, orchestrating this to get back at Brian Kemp for not stealing the election for him. I guess Brian Kemp only steals elections for himself. In December of last year, Trump called Kemp and asked him to call the state legislature into session so that Republican majorities could appoint new electors who would subvert the will of the state voters when the Electoral College met later that month. I forget all of the impeachable unprecedented. I know, like, crazy. All I know in my head is, like, Purdue rich corrupt guy and yes pro trump and kemp horrible didn't steal the election for trump though that, exactly that's like, those are the bullet points in there 
Right, exactly. So it's not necessarily to me falling into like the typical binary where like the more conservative one is the Trumpiest one. We'll see. Kemp and Purdue will, I mean, hopefully they will publicly destroy each other all year ahead of the, spend all of their money in this primary and provide a smoother path for Stacey Abrams. Purdue was reportedly motivated to run because he thinks Stacey Abrams can beat Kemp. Georgia already picked a Democrat over David Purdue once. This guy has no charisma. Uh, yeah, before. Exactly. They elected John Ossoff earlier this year, who has a lot of charisma. <laughs> uh, Brian Kemp has no charisma. And also, Raphael Warnock is up in the Senate again in 2022. I believe Herschel Walker is going to run for that seat. But earlier this year, Purdue was asked, are you going to run for Senate again? And he was like, no, I just don't want to like get into get into all of this again. Um, because it seems like if Trump's going to it seems like if Trump is behind this and is going to support this, he's like looking he's like getting behind a lot of Georgia candidates. It seems like this would require Purdue to like get on board with this fake election integrity thing. And I don't know if Purdue would do that, but. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> Trump clearly talked him into this like like it was an ego thing. I'm Definitely. sure. I'm sure he called him a bunch, invited him for golf, all the bullshit. Yeah. Like it was totally an ego thing. If he said he didn't want to do it, and now he suddenly wants to do it, we have a reason why. Um, it's interesting because you just said it's not like defaulting to the conservative right. candidate. Because again, that illustrates that like actual ideology has nothing to do with anything anymore. It's all just about like you can't yeah. map political ideology onto fascists. I mean, you can, but it doesn't really matter. You're gonna, you're gonna come up short. You're gonna be unsatisfied. Yeah, you're not. You're sort of missing the central point. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think, I think Stacey Abrams can easily become the governor of Georgia. Like, she's I been in so the public too. eye for so long at this point, and she's run for this race that, like, people have. I feel like there's not. People already found all the like oppo research they're gonna find on her. So, like, people know who she is. Like, she has a lot of goodwill in the state. Like, I'm pretty sure she can win. Everybody, she has the name recognition. People are, I don't think this guy does anything positive for the state. I'm going to venture to say that Stacey Abrams is the only charismatic Democrat left who, who like, because I know people would say AOC, but yeah. I think there's a certain, like, frivolousness. Like, Stacey Abrams has a lot more gravitas. And yeah. I think that's very important trait in like a rising politician and i think, and I think that does Abrams come with like a, being a little bit older which which maybe is ageism but it, it it yes but it's not just like it's like oh you're experienced you're yeah. older you earned more stuff like yeah, yeah you know yeah. regardless of what it is it doesn't necessarily have to be age i would say it's like a it's an innate thing or mm -hmm. like cultivated but i would say stacy abrams is like the only person close to like obama status that we have Definitely. Just based on like the way, you know, there are oh, there are only a couple people that like, you know, will post on Instagram and there's a crazy positive reaction. Like really, all, the only people I can think of right now are like her and Jen Psaki. <laughs> yeah, like Stacey Abrams doesn't get in the mud. She always goes She doesn't high. need to, yeah. But but neither does AOC, but she does. Like yeah, she gets yeah, yeah, in the yeah, mud, yeah, yeah, she true. does little stunty shit. Stacey Abrams would never. And like, I think that is a very like, look, you can never account for racism but i think that that is a very broadly appealing or certainly like, not something trait. it would be hard to really motivate people against her as much as somebody who's also like she also doesn't have i mean she did i think hold she did hold elective office in georgia but she doesn't have like a crazy voting record that people can hold against her she's she her brand her attention. brand is strong 
she doesn't feel attention hungry. And so many yeah. politicians, and pretty much, I don't know, maybe Sheldon Whitehouse doesn't feel attention hungry right. to me. Like very few politicians to me don't qualify right. as attention hungry. And Stacey Abrams doesn't. And I think that's like, gravitas is the only word that I can use to describe totally what i think she has that no one else has yeah just imagining a race where those two try to stand out against her is very very tricky and because she'll probably stand out for all the right reasons and you don't really i don't i think they're gonna have a hard time like i said getting people to come out against her where it's like i think if like for example maybe if aoc ran for statewide office like it could be not in new york actually but maybe in like a different state but i I don't think i think they're gonna have a really hard time being like they're going to use racist dog whistles, of, of course. But it's like, I can't tell you what David Perdue has been doing for the past year. But when, when Stacey Abrams lost, she went away and started and created an organization that helped turn Georgia blue. Like, she's, she's been helping the state for years. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Final Republican you not for today is Lauren Boebert. Throughout the week last week, lawmakers have called on Speaker Nancy Pelosi to take action against Representative Lauren Boebert after she made multiple racist and Islamophobic comments against about Representative Ilhan Omar of Minnesota, which resulted in Omar receiving death threats to herself and her family. This was happening all last week. I think we mentioned it on the podcast. The comments, if you didn't hear them, referenced feeling relieved that the representative who was Muslim didn't have a backpack on her, which is just so, it's, it's Islamophobic and racist, but it's like, also like, girl, it was your supporters that stormed the Capitol. What are you that's talking such a about? dumbass Thanksgiving joke. Like, that sounds like her uncle said it at Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, definitely. For sure. So this is coming just, a, I think this happened like a week after Democrats had to remove GOP representative of Arizona, Paul Gosar, from his committees after he tweeted those really like th- that really threatening anime cartoon. Marjorie Taylor Greene has been, she hasn't been censured yet, but she's been stripped of her committee assignments also for threatening colleagues. So this is like unusual. You don't normally just like censure left and right, but members of Congress don't usually behave like this left and right. So now Democrats in the House will likely have to vote again to publicly censure a Republican member and remove them from committees. In all three cases, Kevin McCarthy hasn't really intervened that much. He said that Boebert personally apologized to Omar, but Omar says, like, not really this. They just ended up, like, having another conflict. But McCarthy has even hinted that his caucus is going to retaliate, not just, like, if they win, he's going to start, you know, picking them off for what they say, but he's going to retroactively try to retaliate and and do the same. Not the same. I mean, it's not equal to them. So they're sort of, I've been seeing a lot of articles over the weekend, like, do Democrats keep pursuing this or are they just martyring, uh, making martyrs out of Republicans who um, can then maybe, well, like, they'll be copycats, they'll mimic each other if this makes them more popular. Also, I'm just like, it seems like a great way to get out of doing any work is just like threaten a colleague and you get to keep your job, but you don't have to go to any meetings. Right. I mean, here's the thing, like, great, we've degraded yet another tool of accountability to the well, point they where it have. doesn't even matter. You know what? I know. Yeah, I, that's I, the I thing, know but, it's uh, but it looks like we have and it's so hard to like, honestly, here's the thing. Who gives a shit? Because it doesn't matter anyway. I know, exactly. Like, like that's the thing. Like, it doesn't actually make a difference. So, like, use it. Don't use it. 
maybe don't use it because it doesn't do anything. Like, who cares? That's the thing. Like, none of this is actually helping anybody. None of the, like, censuring and stripping of committees? Yeah. Like, who is this? What American is this helping for that? Like, if anything, it like it's sort of like giving a child negative attention is kind of the vibe I get from it. Like, yeah, we're going to like, of course, you should do it. But at this point, the institutions are so degraded that like, had you censured someone in 2016 or 2017, maybe that would have mattered. But like now it's just it's like a food fight is what mm-hmm. it feels like. It just all feels so pointless. Right, because it's not, Kevin McCarthy's going to do this anyway. They're going to do this anyway, whether Democrats keep doing this or not. And they're going to like, like somebody that they would probably censure would be like Rashida Tlaib, who's like, fine, I would rather, I would, she says, I would rather like take these steps and hold them accountable and ha- let them have a former censure and like let them do it. Because you're right, they're going to do it anyway. So it depends on if you think it's worth doing if they're going to, retaliate anyway i really like one one day what you just said reminds me of that meme with the let's you know exactly shoot to statement was that like we're still gonna do it it doesn't change anything like like, it doesn't it just doesn't well see to me i answer for this is like when democrats have a chance to break things and like not necessarily follow the rules they say we have to follow the rules. Like they're not ending the filibuster because they're like, this is the precedent. We have to keep doing this. But now it's like the rule is that this is the standard of Congress. And then they like delay and chicken out. So I'm like, just be. But but it's the same. They're always raising this sort of like sort of like irrelevant, irrevant caveat. Right. It's like it's all just. But so in this case, there's relevant like, caveats for both out for both the, paths. Literally, there are like two things that are relevant at this point getting voting rights passed and getting rid of the filibuster, whatever, if that is what it requires. That is the only thing right now that Democrats should be focused on. I mean, sure, build back better. Do it. Sounds lovely. But it's not as much of a deadline on that. The only thing that really matters in the immediate that can be done by these by Congress is voting rights. And they need to get that through. Like, so, okay, talk about centering. Like, you're literally just spinning your wheels, wasting your time. They're lit- like, democracy, I sound like such an alarmist, but like, <laughs> it's gonna be fully done in 2022 yeah. if they do not retain the House and the Senate. So, and you're not gonna get anything passed then anyway. You're not, you even have quote unquote control and you're not getting anything done. What if somebody dies? Like, there is. Yeah. Literally, they need to do this right now and just everything else needs to be like kind of backburnered, frankly. Yeah, I was really interested in like last week when we asked Imani, what can Congress do? And I expect her to say like the Women's Health Protection Act, they can end the filibuster. And she's like, no, no, voting rights. They have to do voting rights because if you look at the polling, this is what the country wants. And like build back better. It's like you can give people three months of paid leave. You can give them you can give them here and you can give them all the all the cool stuff in there. But if we don't fix these, if we keep letting them gerrymander the maps, then it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter how many people support our policies. They're still not going to it's not going to matter. And every day that they spend on other bullshit is just you literally are letting Donald Trump become the speaker in just next January like yeah to, not this coming January the following January just so you know um but <laughs> like people are like is, what <laughs> yeah that is what is on the line here and there's nothing they can do about abortion in Texas like that's not happening unless they get rid of the filibuster so they have two things on the agenda and everything else should really just like 
take a back seat. Yeah, I loved um, Madeline Dean. I think it was in Politico. She was like, she literally posed this. I think I understand. She was like, let's do it in batches of three. Let's do three at a time. We'll censure them. Because it is a whole big thing. Like, you have to have a vote. So she's like, let's just batch them up. Every time there's three, yeah. we vote them all. And I yeah. thought that was a good compromise. I do understand the lawmakers who are very uneasy with the idea of just letting these people, like, behave like this without a formal censure. But with this party, it's like, it seems meaningless to them. And I don't, if it's meaningless to them, I, I don't know what the use is in us like wasting wasting time on it if it means absolutely nothing to them but but maybe there are people that believe that having that like next to their name um but like that's like the people that vote for these people like of course like if my i would be pissed if my representative did something that dumb that got them stripped from committees and i'm like then you literally can't help me you have no you have no input it's like if i hired you for a job and then you get kicked out of all the meetings it's not also, I would vote you out, but they're 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 not going to get voted out for all the vo- the voting restriction reasons we've been talking about. Also, Bobert's constituents probably think the backpack choke is like hilarious. Exactly. Like, like they're like go her, and they they are so mean to her because they disciplined her. Like I get that it's like an institutional thing, but like okay, we're past that now. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Intent versus impact. Sometimes it's like if your impact is. If your intent is good, but your impact is meaningless, I don't know. Maybe you don't need to to do it. But I'll be watching, uh, and we'll keep you guys posted. That is our show for today. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betcha Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betcha Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.